Load up on guns. It's brand new. Okay. All okay, right. should we record the opener? <laughs> <laughs> and there goes our engineer, folks. <laughs> Goodbye. I can still see him. Oh, there he goes. I think we're alone now. Okay, I'm not, I don't want to follow that to its logical conclusion. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're here. Three-point landing. We're going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. Now, we know that not everyone has seen this movie yet. Um, to the point that our sound engineer has literally left the booth. Leaving us in charge. So now you're stuck with us. Spoilers and all. You have been warned. Yeah. Hi, I'm Matthew. <laughs> this is Misha. Okay, welcome yeah. to Three Point Landing. Yeah, that's the name of the show. Three Point Landing. All right. So, The Rise of Skywalker is being marketed as the final story in the Skywalker saga. Now, we know it's probably not true because you've seen two previous ends to Skywalker stories over the last thirty years, Mm-mm. but. The screening of the movie had a little bit of a a little bit of a kink here in the Philippines, in that it got run over by the annual Metro Manila Film Festival. Yeah, so the Metro Manila Film Festival basically holds our cinemas hostage for about a week, two or three, mm-hmm. and basically no foreign movies get to be shown during that, that time. Pretty and much. so what happened was Rise of the Skywalker was shown for a very very small. Amount of time. Right. And that was only because that fans, local fans, started a petition asking Disney to please, please let them see it the same time as the rest of the world. So- yeah, because, you know, like it might seem like a trivial matter, but you have to consider that during that time that the film fest just happens, mm-hmm. everybody else gets to watch the movie right. and talk about it and right. spoil it a bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, local fans just wanted to have the chance to, you know, at least be able to see it and, you know, get in on that before the discourse runs its natural, like, energy towards January. Right. When when did you see it? Because, like, there was only a three-day window for the general public to see it. I saw it, uh, I saw it on the 17th. I think that was a few days before uh, it opened. It opened here from the 20th to the 22nd. Yeah, so you got this press screening on the 17th. I got onto a regular screening on uh, the, quote-unquote, opening day 20th. Okay. Okay. Was it a block screening or just a regular? Just a regular screening. Um, uh, I watched it at the uh, IMAX in uh, Mega Mall. Oh, nice! That's a good screen if you can get a decent. Um, if you get decent uh, seats. Oh yeah, I got you know center rows, center column, perfect. Very nice. Uh, actually, actually, I've seen it twice by this point. I must say, I, I went to a screening by the five hundred first. They're always a great bunch of guys and gals. They dress up as um, Star Wars villains and they raise money for charity. They their their outfits are top notch. I mean, people were going crazy just getting their selfies with stormtroopers, with Jawas. There was even Emperor Palpatine there in oh, the nice. middle in the middle of Bonifacio Central. So um, everyone just had a good time. Everyone was in a very good mood. Um, the second time around that I went to see it. All right. Okay. So um, let's set some ground rules. <laughs> no, no, no. We got to do this. We got to do this. If we're going to be talking about this, we have to set some ground rules. All right. Okay. First off, no ancillary material. If it's not on screen, it doesn't count. Got is it. That, yeah, no, I, I concur with this. Because I don't want it to be a situation where I'm I'm griping about something and then you tell me, oh, but if you read this comic book. Yeah. No, no I, that's not fair. That's I am 100% in agreement with this. No, we're not going to talk about EU. We're not going to talk about um, deleted scenes from, from previous movies that, mm-hmm. you know, made yeah. it under the Blu-rays. Right. Uh, we're Those not, don't count. Those yeah, don't count. 
you know, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever is on screen, that's what we're talking about. And at the very most, like the stuff that has been seen on general release before. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. only talk about whatever happened in the existing movies. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Okay. But if you want to talk about the Mandalorian, I am down with that. Yeah, <laughs> we can do that in a, in a subsequent episode right after we rename our show the Star Wars show with Matthew and Misha. I don't think anyone would be opposed to this. <laughs> okay. Um, so you've been warned. Spoiler start now. Okay. What did you think? Um, I had a good time. I had a good time. Um, but I, I think it was subject for me. The experience was very much that. You ever hear that old chestnut about uh, that Alfred Hitchcock says, wherein, you know, uh, you go to the refrigerator and you get a sandwich and suddenly the problems of the movie become apparent? Right. Like for me, I had a good time and it was only after thinking about the movie for some time that it started to like come apart for me. You had to wait until after to start thinking about it? No, no, no. What I mean is like, you know, like… The deeper problems for me, or the, the, the sorry, the deeper critiques for me didn't catch on until I was like home already, and I was like, "Hey, wait a minute." <laughs> well, to be fair, it moved around at a very fast clip. Yeah, it, it was like it was based like you know there were no there was no room for a bathroom break anywhere during this movie because it was just zipping along. And I think for me that was part of the problem. Part of the problem was it felt overstuffed. But it felt rushed at the same time because it felt like that J.J. Abrams was trying to do two movies worth of work. Yeah. Um, because he knew that this was the last one and he had to undo that everything that everybody hated about Last Jedi. Yeah. And get that out of the way before moving forward with his story for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I want to I wanna, uh, focus in on that point. Yeah. So two things for me are happening here, which is like you said, it's going so fast. And I think the first half of the movie suffered from a case of like… MacGuffinism where it's like oh, absolutely where it's like and you know I'm going to suspend critique or complaints about that stuff okay of what like what of what happens in it right and like focus more on the structural th- stuff which is it felt like a case of like we gotta go do this thing to get that thing to do this thing and then when we get that thing we're gonna do that thing like it was a video game yeah like the movie felt very fetch quest it was a series of fetch quests that's exactly yeah. right it was like playing a video game from 20 years ago and the only thing you gotta or do 10 years ago or, or <laughs> even 10 years ago you know find the key to open the door to get yeah. the thing to unlock the other thing Thing to find this and, and it's just and, one after the other. And you know, you know, fetch quests and MacGuffins are fine, but I feel like okay, you're kind of leaving the, the character development on the floor when you do that. When you do that for a long stretch of time. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know what a MacGuffin is, a MacGuffin is something that Alfred Hitchcock termed as um, basically it's something that it drives seems, the plot. It drives the plot, but it's not important what, what it, it is. is yeah. Right. Think the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. To this day, we don't know what's in there. It doesn't matter. All you know is that people will kill for it. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes they might they might elaborate on it or expound on it, but right. like from a from a writing perspective, it's really just there to drive things. Right. And in this case, they had something like two or three whole MacGuffins. <laughs> they had that Sith knife. They had those Sith wayfinders. It was just one thing after another they had to find to put together a puzzle that wasn't even all that much of a puzzle at the end. Yeah. And like you know, like I said, I'm as I alluded, I was on board for the idea of chasing Sith wayfinders. Okay. Like oh, Sith wayfinders, Sith knives. Those those mm-hmm. things are genuinely interesting to me. It's mm-hmm. just how it's just like it made the mo- they, they their existence made the movie suffer no matter how inherently interesting they were. Okay, now here's the thing. Um for anyone who needs a quick refresher, the movie um 
starts exactly the way this conversation started. We jumped right into it. We may have gone a little bit too fast, but that's exactly the way a movie goes. It starts out by telling you in the first five minutes, Palpatine's alive. Um, Kylo Ren is looking for the him. dead speak. The Palpatine's dead speak. back. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay, let's just do a little summary first, right? All right. Okay, so Palpatine is alive and apparently everyone's okay with this. And he's assembled the largest fleet that anyone's ever seen. And each one is armed apparently with a Death Star laser. Okay, so imagine like a bajillion Star Destroyers, each one with the ability to incinerate a planet. And um, our heroes, having found this out, take it upon themselves to beat in an arbitrary deadline of 16 hours. I don't even know where that came from. Yeah, and you know what? It's fine if you have a deadline of 16 hours, but I didn't. I also didn't feel like that those 16 hours were being measured properly over the course of we'll the film. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So they got 16 hours to find the planet of the Sith where Palpatine's been chilling this whole time and where he's parked the biggest bad guy fleet that anyone's ever seen. So our heroes have to find him. Kylo Ren is on the hunt for Rey because Palpatine says he wants the scavenger dead. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of the movie, you know, we're just meant to accept that Palpatine's alive. So, okay, fine, fine. It's a little bit of a stretch because he's mm-hmm. never been hinted at in the last two movies. This is exactly like, um, this is like Spectre, that god-awful James Bond movie where the bad guy claims he's responsible for all the events of the previous three movies, despite oh. no foreshadowing whatsoever. Yeah. It was exactly like that. But um, long story short… Their search takes them to a number of planets where they meet a number of different people. And in the end, Lando helps them um, assemble a big, big fleet of regular people to help take down the evil empire. Yeah. And um, at which point, Kylo switches sides, helps um, Rey fight off the Emperor. They kiss and… yeah, the the galaxy the, is saved. The galaxy is I saved. think that's about it, right? That, yeah, that I was mean, the movie in a nutshell. There are there are tiny there are other points that happen and other things that happen in the story mm. in the minor details, but in the broad strokes that's pretty much what happened. And okay. if we feel like we want to go over those smaller points, maybe we will. But basically, that's the gist of the film. Okay, so um, just to be fair, okay, just to be fair, um, what did you like about it? A lot of the stuff I'm as us as with the Sith Wayfinder. A lot of stuff I'm on board with. It is like a loose collection of ideas that I can get behind. So like you know, you tell me, oh, uh, the Sith Wayfinder, cool. You know, Chewie's gonna maybe die or not. Like I'm, why not do that? Okay, uh, yeah. The, the the different planets we meet, like this planet that that's uh, where Zori Bliss. Uh, love interest slash criminal contact for Poe Dameron. Like there, I'm on board with all that. Leia is now suddenly a Jedi, even though she has never been seen as a Jedi before. You know what? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm I, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with it. You know, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When the things that you listed out, they all sound cool individually. Exactly. That's that, that's but, what that's. It's cool. right. my my and the, the fact that I can enjoy them individually, and yet ultimately come away unsatisfied, is the damning part of the. You film. know that's what it felt like. It felt like J.J. Abrams had a checklist of cool things he wanted to see in a Star Wars movie, and he just threw them all in there because yeah. he knew that this would be the last one. He's not gonna get another. He's not gonna have another chance. So let's just get it all out of the way right now, so that nobody can complain that we didn't throw in some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, for me, I liked 
again, um, same as you, I guess. I like those individual things, but the way that they were put together, the way they were brought together, it's not as damning as Game of Thrones. Okay, the final season of Game of Thrones that felt like they had a checklist, but not of cool things. They had a checklist of things that they needed to do before the story ended. Yeah, this one felt like it had a checklist of things that. They felt they owed people after the last movie. I would say to parse that, I love your, I love the fact that you're comparing and contrasting it with Game of Thrones. I would say Game of Thrones had a list of homework, right? right. And they were like, "All right, I'm just gonna meet the bare minimum that a teacher asked me <laughs> to do, you know, and then submit that." Mm. What Jedi? What Jedi? What Rise of the Skywalker had was a wish list, an Amazon yes, wish list. Absolutely, or, that's what it was. And, and and you know not, you know they're they're both similarly flawed but mm-hmm. for very different reasons. And it was crazy. They had literally every cool thing you ever wanted to see in a Star Wars Wedge movie. Until it shows up for some freaking reason. Luke is a ghost who um who 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 contradicts what he said last time because now he he treasures he, his family he, lightsaber. Yeah, he 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 presents a more palatable version, palatable correctiveness. To correction to his like existence in Last Jedi, right? And that's that is like one of my biggest problems with this movie. It felt like he was working half the time. He wasn't trying to tell the good story. He was trying to retcon what happened in the last movie. Yeah, and, and I actually made a list. I'm gonna read you my list. Great, you know. What? And the thing is, I know that some people differ with me on this situation, on this, but like, yeah. I I fucking love Last Jedi. I'm not gonna go into to it too much, mm-hmm. but I really love that movie from a from a craftsmanship. I know that a lot of it hinged on like unfulfilled uh, answers and all that stuff. Right, right. But the point is, is that in the in the in the moment of it, I really really enjoyed that movie. So to have it like be contradicted, I can accept that. To have parts of it retconned, I can accept that. To have it. I don't know. To have it completely rejected. There you go. There you go. No. <clears throat> no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> for me, um, Last Jedi, I enjoyed it for what it was. I respected it for trying to do something new. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed it for turning expectations on their head. And I really genuinely wanted to see whether Ryan Johnson was going to stick the landing. Because I wanted to see where it went from yeah. there. What this movie did or what it does essentially it feels like a regression yeah whatever progress the last one made whether or not you agree with it this movie spends most of its time trying to tell you that the last movie doesn't count or it doesn't matter somehow it's ultimately a craven maneuver is what it is it's like it's like you know Disney or Lucasfilm or Ryan Johnson set this thing in motion in Last Jedi and then they got they got cold feet yeah don't get me wrong I mean Force Awakens was basically blow for blow, blow by blow, a retelling of A New Hope. But that was important because what they had to do with bringing a new kind of Star Wars movie to the fore was they wanted to show people, one, they knew what you loved about it previously, and two, this isn't going to be the prequels. So Force Awakens had to be that way. That's why the first teaser trailer, they show Han Solo's face. Yeah. Because they wanted you to know that they knew what they were doing. And with the second one, okay, now that the characters, the situations are established, now we're going to break away. Now we're going to do new things. Now we're going to show you things that you've you never might, seen you, before. You might not like everything that happens here. You right? might not agree yep. with everything that happens here. But the point is, old stuff, we're done. Right. And let's <laughs> not, I mean, doing a little bit of research, there were people back in the 80s, the reviews were not entirely kind to Dude, The like, Empire Strikes Empire Back. Strike, yeah. Okay, They took issue with, they took issue with the fact that Leia wasn't 
ending up with Luke. They took issue with uh, quote-unquote endless Dagobah scenes. They took issue with how in the world could Vader be his father. Um, and they, they took issue with everything. Because even back then, they were already passionate about it. Yeah. But when Return of the Jedi came along, it came across as a genuine conclusion. A yeah. legitimate extension of what the first two movies set up. This movie, The Last Jedi... Uh, sorry, The Rise of Skywalker... It feels like this is the movie that this is two movies that J.J. Abrams would have made after The Force Awakens. Yeah. Right? It, he, he essentially, you could skip straight ahead from Force Awakens and then you watch The Rise of Skywalker without feeling that you missed anything. Yeah, and it just it just came across it just came across as 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 the people who run Star Wars showing that they can be bossed around. Kind of, sorta, yeah, definitely, yeah, and that's that's you know that's really not a good place for any piece of pop culture to be in, regardless of whether it's a pop culture you like or dislike. Right, and now there are some people who are making the accusation that Disney had no overall blueprint for where to take these films, but I find that hard to believe. I find it, I what I'm more inclined to believe on a personal level is yeah. that they had a plan. People didn't like where it was going. We need a new plan. Yeah. Right? You know what? I could I I man, I wish I had some examples for this, but like I could tell you that this happens in the video game industry a lot. They 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 they, they soft pedal a lot of stuff that you know they because they because the video game industry is unlike the movie industry, they can show you a lot of stuff. They can be all like, here's the demo, right. here's the prototype, here's right, like, right. And they can change it all the way. And 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 so we see, we tend to see a lot of video game. We can we can see 10 hours of video game. And they and and nobody will be feel like they won't play the sixty hour video game because they saw ten hours of it, right, right? Right. So because of that, there's a lot of like feedback that happens, and mm-hmm. some video games tend to undo the things they do because of the whole like reception to like feedback right, and criticism. Right. Okay, so okay, um, I told you I had a list, so here's yeah, my, here's my list. I'm, I, I, I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, first I'm gonna give you the stuff that I liked. Okay. okay. I liked the bickering, the rapport, and the humor between the three heroes. I genuinely enjoyed that. I'm wondering why I didn't see that developed over two movies. I loved it. I loved it so much. And I think, I w- like you, I wish it was developed over two movies. But even if we only had it in one movie, I wish it went somewhere thematically. Yeah, but the thing is now, we just have to accept that they're all buddies. That they're, they're all yeah. good buddies. Even yeah. if they've only shared like maybe what four scenes between them mm-hmm. previously. Because it, Last Jedi made a point of splitting them up in different directions. Yeah. So they, we, we don't even know where this camaraderie is coming from. We just have to imagine in our head they've had all sorts of wonderful, crazy, zany adventures where yeah. they learned about each other. But not enough to know that Poe used to be a smuggler. Yeah. Okay, you know what? Armchair screenwriter, you know, go for it. Thing is, what I would have been, I would have been, I would have accepted this bickering dynamic and sort of camaraderie if, if the idea was to show, all right, here they are now operating together as a smooth, dysfunctional, bickering, but ultimately loving unit, and then tear them apart in the second half of the movie and then bring them back together. They didn't do that because this movie does not have that many character arcs. <laughs> and this movie doesn't have time because it has so many things going on. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But I, I agree with you. I, I, I love that stuff to the point where I'm like, man, just let Finn, Finn and Poe fuck already. <laughs> I, I, honestly, there is a dedicated segment that would absolutely watch that. This I, is, this I is controversial, you. I think. But like to me, those two 
it, maybe, maybe see, people have been making these jokes since the second movie, but in this movie, since I'm like, the first movie, yeah, I'm like, these guys should fuck, and yep. also, who are these beards? <laughs> no, really, that is exactly That's what Zori and 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 uh, Jana. Jana, Jana came off of. They right. came off as beards. They were introduced just so that they could t- just so they could tell the world, look, Poe and Finn, they're Are totally they? not gay. They're hanging out with women now. Yeah, look, uh, don't mind me and, and don't mind me and my uh, my beautiful wool cat suit that exists to affirm Finn's heterosexuality. Or don't um, <laughs> don't mistake Finn and Poe's you know effortless chemistry for anything else than, than just camaraderie. Yeah. Okay, so I like the banter. I, Great stuff. Great something stuff. I loved, I absolutely loved. I'm a little bit iffy on General Leia's scenes because they are so clearly outtakes because she gives one word answers to entire monologues, essentially. People mm-hmm. have to act their asses off around her just to make it look like that she's part of the scene. Mm-hmm. If you notice, she's not really answering or talking to anybody throughout this thing. Everybody's talking around her, at her, or after her, to the point that when she does her supreme sacrifice thing, Maz Kanata has to explain to everybody what's going on because, because Carrie Fisher wasn't around to shoot it. Or Carrie Fisher's acting could not communicate intent that I was not there. Exactly. They just copy-pasted her and it it, it really showed. Now, there was respect. I'll give you that. There was respect on the part of Abrams. Absolutely. It, it, was, not, it was not distasteful. Yes. It was not um, disrespectful It was just Awkward as all hell Yeah Because you could tell That she was not there And she wasn't reacting To anything that was Happening around her That she was reacting To other things And that they had to Rewrite everything Around her Around what they had What little footage they had But when Chewie Gave out his cry of grief It really Really hit me Because That You know this is the death of a friend. And that emotion for me was the only real um, pathos in the entire movie, mm. honestly. And the last time that I saw something similar was also with Chewie. Do you remember in The Empire Strikes Back when the hot oh, space right. doors close and yeah. they say that they can't leave them open anymore for Han and Luke. We got to yeah. close the doors. Chewie lets out this howl of anguish the second the door closes. Yeah, and you yeah, just no, I love feel the, I his love pain. The, I love that stuff. Sorry yep. to interrupt you. I just, I just, no, it's all right. The, the, the moment that you're sharing is so, like, I, I know it by the way that, like, you know, I, I'm feeling the emotion with you. Yeah. Just that, yeah. that, that whole, you know, doors closing and just going, you know, and yep, like, and it's, and it's, it's a cry of like anguish and desperation and like disappointment mm-hmm. knowing that they held out as long as they did. Yeah, and when Chewie falls to his knees in this one, I mean, like, and he just howls in, you know, you just feel it, you know? Yeah, you know, for me, like, on my personal list, I would say that I would put the Leia thing on the sideboard of uncertainty, which is to say that I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Because they did what they could? No, 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 no. I'm just saying is that I think I need to watch it a second time. Fair enough. So basically, I again, I accepted it in the moment, but what you tell me feels so authentic Mm-hmm. That you know, I will believe. I, I'm. I, I believe it. That that it will. Be, that I will consider it when I watch it. In the you will time. never unsee it. People will say like uh, a whole yeah. minute worth of dialogue, and then she'll just give the equivalent of okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And we're talking about Carrie Fisher, here, right? Uh, you know, an actress who is not exactly known for her, like you know, for holding things back. Yeah, for holding things back. I mean, 
Um, but as far as paying respect to her and her memory, fine. JJ Abrams did yeah. a good job. I'll uh, give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. I liked Babu Freak. I love that little <laughs> droid hacker. I really did. I mean, he was just, you know, there to sell toys probably, but I loved him. He was hilarious and he stole every scene he was in, honestly. You know, I'll give I'll give Disney one thing. I think Disney is smarter and more organic about doing their toyetic stuff. Than Lucas ever was. I don't know. Dio didn't really work for me. The new droid. He didn't, oh, he well, didn't really work for me. I'm I sorry. Of, I didn't even think of Dio. So maybe I'm I'm talking out of my ass here. But I felt like. The, remember when they marketed the Porgs? And oh the yeah. Por- they the were por- everywhere. They were everywhere. The Porgs were kind of over marketed. As far as merchandise was concerned. Right. But when you saw the movie. I was like. Oh okay. They're not like crawling all over the film. Right? No. But so, you know. that Star Wars and marketing have always gone hand in hand. Think about it. Nobody once in any of the nine movies ever says the word Ewok, yet everybody knows what they are. Yeah. Okay, so that's the power of marketing right there. Yeah. I'm just saying is that Bob, I'm just trying to say like Babo Frick and the Porgs and you know all that stuff, like these things are like effortlessly cool. To be fair, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I also liked seeing Wedge again because Wedge is awesome. You know, um, he's like, he was a pilot in all the original films. He's actually Ewan McGregor's uncle in real life. Yeah, that's right. Which is crazy. I think, uh, ooh, why should I say this? Uh, I heard that when he when they were doing The Force Awakens, they wanted a role for Wedge in it. Right. And then Dennis Lawson, the actor who plays Wedge in both the original movies and in this movie, he said like, nah, I don't want to do it. This looks like, like he said some negative stuff about about, no kidding. Like, yeah, about it, implying that it was kind of beneath him to do it. I see. And so, I was like, you might be right. You may be right from a personal level. Right, right. But don't be uncool and say that in public, guy. Well, <laughs> I don't know. For me. So when I saw him, it kind of. Like it kind of soured it for me when he showed up a little bit. That he didn't stick to his guns. I, no, no, just just like, oh, I know you. You're the guy who talked shit about our family. <laughs> nah, I. You know what I think? But honestly, I wanted a little bit. I wanted a little bit of it. Yeah, because like, he's still wedge. Because prodigal son. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like you said some shit about Star Wars, but hey, you're here. That's what matters. Okay, fine. You know what I think happened? I think they did the same thing they did to Harrison Ford. They just backed up a truck full of money to his house (laughs) so he couldn't say no. That's what they did. (laughs) I'm sure it's a lot less money than it took to get Harrison Ford back, but you know. Okay, so that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. And now let's talk about what we don't like. Or what I or or is there something you want to add to this list? I would say, uh, hmm. I hmm. Oh wait, I got one. I got one. Something I liked. I liked that they retained the force link between yeah. Kylo and, and Rey. They, 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 and they, they developed it. it. Yes, yeah. they did. I loved it when she pulled a reverse die hard at the end, <laughs> where she puts her hands behind her head, you know, yeah. and she sends over. Luke's lightsaber to, to Ben, to ben. Yeah. and yeah, that was cool. Now that's just that's that stuff is boss. That really was, and I also liked hearing all the voices of the Jedi at the end. Yeah, you know, to spur every, her everybody, on. Everybody you expect, everybody you expect, you know, like even a Luke, couple that you don't expect, <laughs> Luke, Luke and Yoda, and and the ones that you don't expect, like Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano, right, right, and uh, Nick Fury as himself. H- well, yeah, as Mace yeah. Windu, yeah. <laughs> That was good. That was good. I loved hearing all of those. Even now, Freddie Prince Jr. can say he was in a Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. But you know what would have been cooler? If they actually showed them as ghosts. That would have been awesome. 
Yeah, it'd be like family reunion, am I right? It kind of would have been. And it would have given Palpatine something to be scared of. Yeah. Because, I don't know, the way he went out this time, I'm like, when is he ever going to learn to stop firing his lightning once somebody deflects it back at him? Like, seriously, how many times? When Mace Windu was doing it to him, that's what turned him into a prune because he wouldn't stop shooting his lightning back at himself. Mm -hmm. When Vader picked him up, he was still shooting himself. In this movie, she's blocking it with two lightsabers. He's barbecuing himself happily. Mm -hmm. Why? You got nothing. I got nothing. It's, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if you're just, you know, along for the ride, you don't stop to think about such things, I guess. Yeah. Because it, it's a cool visual. I'll give you that. I mean… It's just nothing that we haven't seen before. Yeah. By this point. And that's what this movie is made up of. It's made up of a lot of cool stuff that we've seen before time and time again. And just repackaged. Which I thought, after the last movie, we had moved beyond already. Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about retcons. J.J. Abrams has got on the record as saying that he loved his collaborative process with Ryan Johnson. He's, what? He, that's what he said. He said that he absolutely loved the choices that Ryan Johnson made because while they are not the choices that he would have himself made, that he would have made himself, they forced him to think more creatively in approaching this one and, and I swear, to take risks that he wouldn't have taken otherwise. I want to talk about two things for a brief moment. Go for it. Number one, yeah, I don't you, believe you him either. You you touched you touched upon this idea of Disney like having a plan, and I feel like and 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 undoing it. Yeah, I feel like plans are overrated. Okay, you know, like they're fun to talk about in the making of specials and in the Hollywood Reporter features and all that stuff. Yeah. but in the end, I think they're ultimately bullshit. Like they're just a part of 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 industry myth making and industry rhetoric. That I don't really care for. And so I try not to factor them in too much. You know? And so it it's not to me, that's not valid. That's not valid for 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 people who love or hate this movie to defend it along the or 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 argue it on those terms. On the other hand, that whole bit about collaborating with Ryan Johnson, I think that's only him saying that it was great to work with him. I think that's only possible. I can only accept him saying that. If if Ryan Johnson was just this the super most gracious, wonderful person in the world who goes like who just doesn't push his ideas on anybody. Maybe, but I don't which, know. The which guy, is kind the of like Looper. Yeah. I did Looper, which is awesome. No, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying Ryan Johnson's ideas aren't great. I'm saying he's working for the company. So he has to say these things. Uh, I'm not even gonna presuppose that. I'm just gonna say to JJ. To, to, let's assume that this collaboration is looks sincere from JJ's perspective, mm. but from Ryan Johnson's perspective, he's like, "Yeah, JJ, do whatever you want." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't doubt that because yeah. this movie—that's that's 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 it. That's like yeah. like he maybe either he argued with JJ and gave up, mm-hmm. or he didn't argue at all because he knew that. Things are beyond his control. And the PR guys told them that you'll have to be smiling throughout this. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and that's, the, you know. That's, I don't doubt it because… And I don't think anyone is… At, I don't think that makes anyone look bad necessarily. Mm, because let's touch on that for a little bit. Because I don't think that Disney, I mean, from their point of view, they wanted any more bad press. Because there's been so much yeah. said about how Kathleen producer Kathleen Kennedy has been running Lucasfilm since Disney bought it off of George Lucas. And um, things have been centering around how they can't seem to hold on to directors. Yeah. Okay? Because um, 
Gareth Edwards, who did Rogue One at the very he was at, he was pinned to, he was tapped to do more movies supposedly, right? Right, right. And uh, let's not forget the um, well at on the high for Rogue One in Rogue One's case, they had to do massive reshoots um, for that film to save it or to repurpose it into the form that we recognize it as now. Yeah, so basically. Uh, Gareth Edwards did they, they they did the reshoots and then I think they got even the director well like I think one of the writers became the supervising director right. for the reshoots yeah uh, like that's was, what I heard because it was either Simon Kinberg or Gary Whitta I forget which one right but um, you can still see a lot of what was originally intended for Rogue One in the early trailers because there's so much footage that doesn't even appear in the final film and you know that happens all the time in movies it does but it, it does but, it, but the the extent of the material yes. was so glaring. It's Especially so since it looked finished already. Yeah, it's so difficult to not notice. It wasn't like, oh, here's a shot of a spaceship going to a planet. And then in the movie, it was a different colored planet. Right. You but know. this is specific stuff. This yeah. is like… Um, there's a whole scene where they're running… Across it, the beach. And they're carrying across. the Death Star plans. Yeah, and, there's, and, and the water is splashing around their heels. And the stormtroopers are chasing them. Right. Like, but no such thing and it's ever a very happened. Specific, it's a very specific… Iconically distinctive shot Right That doesn't exist in the film No it doesn't Because the Death Star plans Never made it outdoors Yeah And then there are lines About how There are lines about how I'm a rebel I rebel <laughs> Right I remember that it's A little cheesy But you know what In this day and age Of like Ham-fisted blockbusters Dude I will it's take It's passable It's passable I will take I rebel Over Every single utterance of the word hope in the last two movies. Yeah. In the last two Star Wars movies. Because if I hear the word hope one more time, I'm going to strangle somebody. <laughs> okay. So this movie goes out of its way to retcon a lot of things from The Last Jedi. Not least of which is Rose. Rose. Oh, God. They, they, <laughs> they did Rose wrong. Okay. Absolutely. She was in it for what? Like somebody did the math online. She's in it for less than a minute total. Yeah, maybe a little more. Or like a minute, 15 seconds. She has a minute worth of lines, Does I believe. And, but she's there for five minutes. And by five minutes, we mean like not important scenes. She's just, she's, she's just there. Like, yeah, she's like, like set like, dressing. Like there's a tracking shot of them running across the deck of a, of a, of a spaceship as they march along to, with, with, you know, to take out the satellites or whatever. And like they're on the horses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you see Rose. Space like, horses. Ro yeah, Rose like carrying a gun, yeah, running yeah. around. And she's got her gonna fuck some Imperials up face. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, which is yep, great. Yep. But she doesn't have any important role in the movie. Not at all. Not at and all. And you know, to some people, as as many people, as those of us living with us here in the year 2019, after two years worth of Last Jedi discourse, mm -hmm. know very well, Rose Tico slash Kelly Marie Tran are polarizing characters slash actors. A lot of people didn't like her. Yeah. Both for the fact that she was female and that she... No, no. For the fact that she was female, Asian, and didn't suit their ideal body type. Yeah. that That's exactly... That's what actually led the actress to deactivate her social accounts. Because yeah. people were just bullying the, the living daylights out of her online. Yeah. And um, now, the thing was, um, her subplot with Finn in the last movie was absolute garbage. Okay, going to the Doctor Who Casino reject planet was terrible. It did nothing to service the plot. It did nothing to develop anybody's characters. All it did was throw in a timely social message mm -hmm. about 
how we shouldn't abuse the space horses and how rich people are bad. I don't necessarily agree with your assessment, and we don't have all the time in the world to debate it Fine. in a conversation about Rise of Skywalker. But let's zero in on what we're trying to get at here, which Fine. is that idea that no matter how poorly written or poorly served you think Rose Teagle was in the previous movie, to diminish to 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 put her in the next movie, meaning actually still keep her. Right. Instead of just flat out saying she oh, died somewhere. She died somewhere. <laughs> or she's not here or she's getting her own spin-off movie. Whatever. She's in she's in carbonite. Anything, or, you know, anything. Yeah. Uh to put her in that movie and then diminish her role to the point of like being trivial. Yeah. To, to making to making Cameron Monaghan who plays one of the technicians on the on the rep on the resistance right. and uh, Greg Grunberg, who plays pilot Snap Wexley, to make those characters have more lines than her. <laughs> right, right. Even though they had not been important before, just because they're good buddies with J.J. Abrams from previous from projects, Lost, right? From Lost and uh, and yeah, from Lost and stuff. Like it, it's 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 disgusting because it's basically. Here's how they say it. How you say it? Either, either they just couldn't. They 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 were they were conceding to the trolls and saying, "All right, want to make everyone happy, so we're just gonna not have Rose Tico here. Feed those like internet Star Wars haters and give them what they want. No more Rose Tico." Or that was not the intention, but they were too stupid to realize. What it would look like. I don't think so. I don't think that it was unintentional. Because after the backlash from the last movie. There was just too much riding on this one. For anything to be left to chance. Everything in this movie was a decision. A conscious decision. Mm -mm. That's what makes it more offensive. So if she has X seconds of screen time. That's because somebody made that decision. That's all she would get. I'm not… I'm not saying like you're 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 committing to a stance here, which is that was intentional. I don't care if you're right or wrong. I don't care if I agree or not. The point is that in both realities, it would still be shitty. That is true. <laughs> it would that still be true. crap. It would be it would be crappy even if it was an accident. You want to hear something <laughs> even crappier? What? Um, the screenwriter um, Chris Terrio has gone on the record as stating that the reason that she has so little screen time is it's Carrie Fisher's fault for dying. Because he said that, oh yeah, we left her on the planet on purpose because she was meant to have like a whole ton of scenes with Leia. But she died, so sorry. You're the writer. You can rewrite that. Exactly. You rewrote everything else around her death. But, you know, they're just making excuses this is, at this point. That's Oh my god. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. This can be cut from the episode if you want to. But I just want to say I'm just really disgusted with any writer who says like, who makes excuses for bad choices by saying, well, it's the character or uh, it's the world. I'm like, you wrote that world. He, you also wrote wrote that you, he also wrote your favorite movie. Do I need to remind you, Chris Terrio? Uh, what did, which movie did he write? Was it, um, oh, was, was it Tu Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julie Newmark, because I love that movie. No, I'm being sarcastic. He wrote Batman vs. Superman. Oh, man. Fuck that movie. I haven't seen, I, I watched 40 minutes of it and I couldn't finish it. <laughs> and then he wrote Justice League. Haven't seen it. I envy you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyways. 
Yes, this is his brilliant reasoning. Because Carrie Fisher died, so Carrie Fisher's death what a- robbed Rose of her scenes. What? Ha- okay, sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to derail this podcast episode, but what happened to Michael Arndt and and Lawrence Kasdan and 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 literally anybody who's actually a screenwriter? Lawrence Kasdan wrote Solo, so I don't think Disney wants him back anytime soon. Look. And everybody's allowed one out of <laughs> one movie or two movies or three movies out of ten movies can be bad for this. Chris Terrio hmm. wrote the, not just two bad movies, two execrable pieces of garbage. Okay, <laughs> in his defense, and I can't believe I'm defending this guy, he also wrote Argo. Eh. Hey, that was pretty good. Eh. But then again… This is not an Argo podcast, so eh. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Okay. <laughs> Another thing they retconned um, that I didn't like was… Luke coming right out and saying that I was wrong in that last movie for being the way I was. You're supposed to treat a lightsaber with respect and I'm not supposed to feel bad about nearly killing my nephew. I'm supposed to be a paragon of virtue. So here I am. Just the way you want me to be. I I got nothing except, yeah, fuck that shit. (laughs) And can we just talk about... No, no, no. We'll get to the what the frack moments later. We're still doing the retcons. I just realized this episode, I've been swearing left and right. Yeah, I know. I my mom's going to kick my butt. I Thank even, you. I even... I even tr- and, and, and normally, I really try to keep it contained here. But I think I I agree with you too much to not swear. <laughs> to not like, like like you say a thing. You say a thing. And I go, right. like, that's true. And then <laughs> my, my, my response is, well, I have nothing to contribute to that. So I'll just like... Use expletives to, right. to, 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 to give support. Okay, just so everybody knows, um, Matthew saw this movie about a week ago and I made it a point not to ask him whether or not he liked it. So all of his reactions to everything I'm saying is new. Th- this is all. This is all unscripted. This is Matthew reacting the way Matthew wants to react. Yeah, well, you know, I also made it a point to not really talk about the film publicly. Right, right. Because I, 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 I just didn't feel like it was... I don't feel like I'm a person who's special enough to like tell people, you know, I saw the movie, hear ye my opinion. <laughs> Nor am I interested in, in in like, you know, having to entertain debates about it with different kinds of people. I right. know it sounds bad, but basically what it is is that you don't talk to everybody on equal terms. Of course not. So it would feel a little silly and frivolous to try to engage with everybody on some kind of weird Skywalker discourse when you don't when I don't even hold my own opinion as like sacred over others. Okay. <sighs> okay. Next one. So Luke is your kind uncle again. He's not a bitter old man. But off screen, JJ is publicly thanking Ryan Johnson for making him a bitter old man because he's selling He's selling the idea that for him, it's more powerful that our hero from our youth could go down a dark path and be big enough to admit that he was wrong. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. When I watched that, when I watched this movie, for a brief second, I was like, you know what? He's like, oh, that's not how you treat the weapon of a Jedi. And it's like... They're just making up for the fact that he threw it over his shoulder in the yeah, last Yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, look, look. I, 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 it, it, the point is this. I was, I was for a hot second willing to accept the idea that he went down a dark path and then he emerged from it saying, no, 
which is I'm uh, I'm willing to accept and embrace and re rejoin that legacy. I'm okay with that. But then as I left the movie and thought about it later, I was like, yeah, but JJ, you didn't do the work to develop that. Exactly. He's just the way that you JJ wants you, him you to can't, be. You can't, you can't just put a, a, you can't just move the character to a place that you want him to be. Right. Without doing the development work to right. show how he, he got back there. Like I said, a lot of cool things in this movie, they just rush them there into is no, place. Okay, and what? they expect us to accept it. There, this is what I want to get at. There is no character development work of any meaningful not at all level. Here's here's one. Finn. Yeah. I think Finn is a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. In Force Awakens, yep. he only does things uh he, he's actually incredibly cowardly. He claims he's right. cowardly right. in the sense that he goes like I just want to not be involved in anything. Yep. But when push comes to shove, he, he does w- the right thing. Yeah, he's like Oh, why do I? I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do the thing. Right, right, right. And in the second movie, he's still on that path. He's just his lot is thrown in with the resistance by virtue of of, of proximity, not because he's committed to the cause. Right. And at the midway act, second half of the movie, he's like, "No, man, I'm rebel scum." <laughs> right. Like that. That's what right, he, right. Right. He embraces it. Uh huh. And it completes like it completes some kind of journey for him. And I think. You know, from there, an interesting story. You know, you if you're gonna keep that character, he needs to have another character arc. Maybe, maybe something like, you know, what I said I was rebel scum, but you know, I'm getting tired of fighting. I'm getting tired of running. Where are you going with this? What I'm saying is that there. What I'm saying is there's a character arc that you could develop with Finn there, Uh, but instead there was none. There was nothing. Nothing happens to him in this movie. Yeah, emotionally, intellectually, like nothing happens to him. It's the same with Poe. You know? Oh yeah, Poe. Um, let's talk about Poe. This is all. This movie suffers from a preponderance of like obsessions with plot and MacGuffin and no character work. And characters are what make a fucking movie work. You're Sorry. telling me <laughs> that in the last no 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 okay. Let's talk about let's talk about this from an in-universe perspective. You're telling me over the last three years of fighting the First Order, three past three years of fighting bad guys and blowing up stuff all across the galaxy, it never once came up. What Poe's background was to the point that Finn is acting like he just met him two days ago. <laughs> He's acting, oh, how come you know how to hotwire a speeder? How come you know how to do light speed skipping? We have to talk about light speed skipping. And, you know, it's like he doesn't know anything about this guy who's supposed to be his good buddy. And we're supposed to infer that they're good buddies because they got this whole bickering rapport going on. And even if you accept it, the. You know, the bickering, the, the, the bickering is fine, the, the ignorance is fine, it's the distrust. Which it's, part? No, it's, oh, it's, right, it's, right, right. I, I He's suspicious of him. Yeah, I can accept that. I can accept that in three years you don't learn everything about someone. Right, right. But why is it? Look, why make a big deal out of it now? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. For example, uh, in the Force Awakens, when Finn and Poe meet up, they are tight as fuck really quickly. Right, and, and they I steal love that it. Tie fighter. I love it. It's one of my favorite things about the movie. Yeah, that's what made them interesting. That's yeah, why that they, they didn't kill off Oscar Isaac's character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even talking about this from a gay bromance level. I'm saying, you know, sometimes you meet someone in life and you form a con- a, a, a friendship connection that is so that transcends time, that transcends like, you know, all that stuff. And they, they show that in the Force Awakens. So, and now you're telling me in the Rise of the Skywalker, they're like, "Hey, how come you can you're do ki- that? You're, you're kind <laughs> of shady." Yep, and that's. And that's bad. That's the thing. Making him a less interesting Han Solo does nothing for him as a character. And just making a big deal out of it. Oh, he's a spice smuggler. We're like, so what? 
you're all rebels from different parts of the world. Your friend used to be a stormtrooper. In fact, Poe even calls that out for crying yeah. out loud. So why is it a big deal that he used to be a spice smuggler? We're all in this together. We're all fighting the bad the, guys. The, Who cares where he learned how to, you know, light speed skip? This is the resistance. The resistance contains multitudes. <laughs> Misfits. Basically, they're all people from all over the galaxy who just joined together for a common cause. Who cares what his background was? I mean, if you're going to give him one, give him something that's interesting. Don't give him one that you just repurpose from another one because we need a new Han Solo. I'll do you one better. It's okay. You can give him whatever background you want. You can introduce any new qualities you want. Explore it. Don't just put it there yes. on the table. And watch it like grow mold or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, they just throw it in your face and they say, accept it. It's the last movie. We don't have time to do anything else with it. Take it as we go. All right, let's move on. I want to move on to like, here's another thing. How do we feel about Ray Palpatine? <sighs> okay. One of the things I liked about the last movie that a lot of people didn't was that the Force was not beholden to any specific bloodline. That's the whole point of that Harry Potter ending of the kid who picks up the broom with the Force, right? Yeah. It's as long as you believe in yourself and you put in the work that maybe, just maybe, you can tap into this mystical force that affects everyone. Between Luke Skywalker, who, to be fair, is from a bloodline, but between Luke Skywalker and Broom Boy, the, the, the the implication was… You know, the next generation of force can come warriors, from anywhere. Of force warriors shall come from anyone, from the lowborn right to the highborn, right everywhere. You know, and I it mean? doesn't help that um, Princess Leia at some point, sorry, General Leia tells Rey, "Never be ashamed of who you are." At the beginning of this movie, and the last thing that Rey does right after Leia dies is steal their family name because she's ashamed of who she is. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys, you can't hear the microphone pick up my dead eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally what happens. Yeah, no, no, The no. big lesson of this movie, which J.J. claims to be pushing, J.J. Abrams claims to be pushing the idea that heroes can come from anywhere, even if they have the last name of, you know, Space Hitler. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, she doesn't want to be associated with Space Hitler, so she co-ops the name of these twins who are too dead to fight back or to say anything. And what was that woman doing with her space camel in the middle of the desert asking people their last names? Or they had to justify the title somehow. She needed to, she, need, she, you know. They yeah. had to justify the title. They needed she, some Skywalker to rise. She needed someone to talk to. She needed someone to talk to. So she's like, what's your name? And by talk to, I mean talk at. <laughs> what's your name? Now, what's your last name? Who asks these questions? <sighs> Gods. Okay. You the know thing- what they should have done? They should have made her walk around and she said, Hello, I'm a, sen- I'm a space census taker. <laughs> <laughs> just to give her some reason for existing other than Ray just stating her last name. But really, that whole end scene was just there to put her up against the twin sons. Okay, so for me, where Rise of Skywalker took me? It took me to a place that I feel ashamed of. Yeah, you've been cussing like anything. No, well, there's that. I feel ashamed in the sense that it took me to a place that always, like, I always found distasteful among people who watched The Force Awakens and were not comfortable and watched uh, Last, Last Jedi. Jedi and were not comfortable. It took me to a point where I was like armchair theorizing, speculating of the movie that could have been and not the movie that I got. You know what I think would have been a good move? 
give me episode nine parts one and two. Yeah, sure. Why not? That would have been good because that would have given the story time to breathe. That would have given them time to build up the things that you mentioned, the things that felt rushed, the things that felt arbitrary. They could have spent time actually building them up. Not they're, the least of which was the threat of Palpatine, for example. They're too. Yeah, they're. they're, like I said, they're, they're it's because they're too beholden to the idea of trilogies and three and having three trilogies. I think they could have got I away with it if idea. they said part one and part two, episode I, nine, part one and part two. I would pay to watch that, and you know, everyone else would too. I think I, I'm saying is your idea is a great idea. Idea, but the the artifice, you know, the, the 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 conceit of three trilogies is too much for them to to break what you know to break from. I I, I have no argument, but you know, but yeah, but, that that would be freaking great. But on and, the other hand, I think it would have just drawn more attention to the fact they were making up for the last one. Well, whatever. At least, uh, uh, look, you can you want to walk. Disney and Lucasfilm, you want to walk back the movie? Fine, you can walk back the movie. Do it. But don't give me a bad movie to go with it. Or don't at least give me some storytelling that's functional. A lot of the people online who seem to enjoy have who seem to have enjoyed it and who ardently are defending it are the same types of people who tell me that I just don't understand because I'm not a true fan. The same people who tell me that you just don't like Batman versus Superman because you're not you're a Marvel guy. Okay, like, that doesn't thing. make sense. Uh, for, 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 all right, I don't want to talk about this topic necessarily about idea of true fan, but only because I think it. Not only do I think it's bull, bull but because it distracts. From, it's basically saying we could engage in criticism, we could engage in discourse, right? But we're going to invalidate all of that by just putting a label on you and saying exactly. we're done, and we're saying we're done with it. Yeah, exactly. And that that's, that's not an argument, that's a dismissal. Yeah. And it doesn't help that I actually you, write film reviews for, you know, for a living. Mm-hmm. Um but you, but, yeah, but you can you cannot you cannot prove anything about art by by making an ad hominem attack against the person critiquing the art. Well, apparently by virtue of being a critic, I am the enemy because it wasn't made for critics, it was made for true fans. And like that argument doesn't hold water because like for as long as I can remember, you know, I have lived and breathed this Skywalker saga. I remember when it was, and I'm not even kidding, I know this for a fact, before 1997, the three Star Wars movies were six hours and 12 minutes long. Okay, I actually know that because I knew them forwards and backwards. So I've been growing up with this. This has been a part of my life for so long that to have somebody come up and tell me that... I'm not a true fan because I don't like something that's inherently flawed. I don't think that's, I don't Here's, think that flies. No, no, for me, yeah. loving something doesn't mean that you can't spot what's wrong with it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't call out its flaws. In fact, I don't think I would be this upset if I didn't love Star Wars. Yeah, no, and, and, and here's, how, here's where I sit with it. I sit with it by saying, like, I actually consider identify as a very strong Star Wars fan too. Yeah, but you I'm had not, a Star Wars wedding. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm not even going. My passion for Star Wars is so deep. I'm not even going to attempt to qualify or quantify it to anyone because I believe that no matter how big a fan of Star Wars I am, I, I am. I'm not entitled to, to tell yeah. people what they think about movies. Right. You know. Right. So instead, I'm more interested in like whether or not this movie is is is, is it, you know. Like is good or not? Whether it actually satisfies the agreed, rules of storytelling? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I can like I can like shitty movies for being crappy. You know. Yep. I, I, you know, we talked about this before. I will watch Fantastic Four two thousand five over and over and over again. 
I thought we were never going to talk about that movie anymore. Uh, well, no, I'm going to keep bringing it every episode. Uh, and, you know, I want to wrap this up a little bit. Uh, but where it, what I was talking what I was getting at about shame yeah. is that it made me want to start writing a movie in my, a, a treatment of a movie in my head. And I felt dirty just thinking about it because it made me feel like those guys who were like, oh, The Last Jedi was not good because it didn't fulfill my fan theory. You know what? <laughs> it didn't I- fulfill my Reddit post. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, that's, that's, that's what it, that's what it felt like for me. Like, you know, I oh my God, I'm getting so emotional. Just no, thinking it's okay. About it. Go, let yeah. it out. Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, like, okay. When the rise, here's the, the most condensed example of a sort of backseat writing I can come up with. Go for when, it. When, they, when the last Jedi happened, I'm like, oh man, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen? We don't know. Oh my God. Right. Anybody I could, like the not knowing. Yeah, the not knowing was exciting. And I was thinking, and I got, and, and th- the fan theory that got into my head, which is very open to interpretation. It has a lot of space in it to write, by the way. My fan theory was like, all right. They, they come out on a trailer. It says, The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I misread that movie title. The hell did read, you read? The rise of the Skywalker, and here's what what wormed into my head. What wormed into my head was this whole like, the light rises and the dark rises to meet it in Force Awakens, and the whole like, hey, you know, anybody can come from anywhere, and like, you know, well, the Jedi were flawed; they were a series of failures, and they were a bunch of morons. yeah, and 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 Ben being all like, I want to be Sith, but you know what? I think Sith is being wrong, but I really love being Sith. Like all of this complicated appraisals of what it means to be Jedi and Sith, and trying to like reject the old ways while still respecting them. I thought, what if I don't know what happens in this next movie, I don't know what's going to happen in the rise of the Skywalker, but what I want to see is a holistic integration of everything, a new way of thinking about the force, a new way of thinking about the force warriors. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to pretend what it is. And when at the end of the day, 500 years later, they'll say like, you know, they, they, they were, Ray, Ray was the first of the Skywalker. Like the Skywalker is the title you mean they're a new sect? That yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Or like the the name Skywalker ceases to be a surname okay. and passes on into legend. Okay, right. That, That's the fan theory I had in mind. Okay, and deliberately underdeveloped to the point where like there's nothing that you could put anything into it. Okay, and so to see it just go like you know what, regress and just like say let's just do let's just do greatest hits. That's <laughs> what this movie was. It was greatest hits of it was Star greatest Wars. Greatest hits, yeah. It's safe. It's easy. It's what everybody. You know, it's comfort food. That's what it was, and I think that's and a the busy reason. Mess of comfort. It's like going to a, it's, it's like going to a buffet. It's like going to Vikings. Everything or 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 one one food of hawk or whatever thing. You go there. Everything you like is there, but it's not necessarily arranged in a palatable nah, way. I got and a better. It's good. What? Okay, okay, I what? got one. It's like going to a concert of a band you've been following for 20, 30 years. You don't want to hear the new album there on tour four. You want to hear all the stuff that you grew up with. You want to hear all the old hits that you know all the words to. You don't care what they put out last week. You care about the stuff that you were listening to in the fifth grade. That's fair. That's fair. I can I can, I can, can roll with right? that. Yeah. So I guess that's where a lot of the love for this movie is coming from. It's, it's safe. Mm-mm. Okay? It's very safe. It shits on the last movie, but... 
it presents you not with some challenging alternate view or some exciting new direction for the franchise. It just gives you everything that you already knew so you can go to bed safe in the knowledge that Star Wars is still the way you remember it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I have like been very upset or like emotional about this film. But at the same time, I don't think it really will diminish my love of Star Wars. Yeah, I, mean, I, I still I'm, love Star Wars. I'm, I'm looking forward to like the next movie that will come out that may make me briefly forget this movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. And like, because we have to accept now in, po- in popular culture, we have to accept now. Nothing that, dies. Yeah, nothing dies. Nothing stays dead. And after dead. a while, everything just becomes like washed away. You know what else doesn't stay dead? Ray. Oh my God. They were playing musical chairs. They were playing musical chairs. Oh, no, you're dead. No, I'm dead. No, you're dead. No, me first. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, seriously, why didn't her corpse disappear? Because, oh, she has to be brought back. Okay, fine. That's lazy writing. But then why didn't Leia's corpse disappear? Until after. I don't understand some of these decisions. Other than they're just plot conveniences. I'm sorry. I know we were finished with the whole dissecting of the thing, but no, I, no, no, no. I can't I'm, let I'm, the, I'm I can't let this go like, like, because like, I really do have an affection for this universe. I really do. And um, something you said earlier about them not representing time very well. Okay, the movie starts by giving them a 16-hour deadline before Palpatine can launch the biggest fleet in the galaxy. Right, Mm -hmm. That's what the opening crawl refers to When it says the dead speak Because apparently Palpatine Has been radio broadcasting his message To the galaxy that he's back He's ready to just I'm back baby (laughs) I pretend I didn't hear that (laughs) That's that's Palpatine you know (laughs) Y'all just be grateful you can't see his face While he's doing that voice Because he really loves himself (laughs) Um Okay, I just think of him looking like Beal Juice. <laughs> hey, Beal Juice is awesome. You bite your tongue. Wait, wait, wait. Here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. Palpatine's. I know that we said we'd restrict this to um, everything that you see on screen. Your rule, right? But I'll, but I'll allow it. But now we have to go around that rule because if you want to know what the message is, that's got the entire galaxy scared. Is this the one that showed in Fortnite? If you ever let me finish my sentences, I would have gotten to that. Yes, <laughs> jackass. Uh, but yes, you can only hear the so-called dead speak if you play Fortnite. Because that is where somebody in their infinite wisdom decided to broadcast the entirety of Palpatine's message during a special Star Wars themed event that took place in the game. Well, you know, millions of people play Fortnite. I don't care. <laughs> that's not the point. Yeah, but you know, you shouldn't have to play Fortnite to enjoy a movie. That's what YouTube is for. Bloody hell. <laughs> and also, okay, fine. So we got a 16-hour time limit. No explanation as to why. We just do. Okay, fine. So we have 16 hours. So in that in those 16 hours, they went to the place where the spy was at the beginning, the one who got his head chopped off. With the Millennium Falcon. They got back to base to tell Leia what the spy told them. Then they went to Space Coachella. Or was it Burning Man? They went to Space Burning Man. Where they met Lando and they found the Sith Dagger. Then they went to the hacker planet. Where they could not kill C-3PO. Okay? Despite the fact that they were all emotional about it. And, you know, 
Two minutes later, they bring him back in exactly the same way that he said he could not be brought back. Rolling, sound effect of rolling my eyes. That was just so lazy. If they were going to kill 3PO, then kill 3PO. Don't just take it back five minutes later. And then same thing with Chewie. You're going to kill him, then kill him. But then if you killed him, we won't have that nice moment where he cries over Leia. So I'm a little bit torn over that. But it was really sloppy the way they handled it. Because just when you think that he's dead, they this bring movie, him back in the next scene. Oh, And also, they bring him back. Before Ray and Finn and Poe have a time to mourn for him. Right. Which is structurally inappropriate. <laughs> they never even showed them mourning. Uh, no, what I'm saying is they're going like, they're, they're, no, what I'm saying is they go like, Chewie dies. Exactly. Then Chewie he's back. Dies, and mm-hmm. then we see, oh, he's alive. Right. Then we cut to the crew and they're like, oh man, it sucks that Chewie's dead. Yep. Well, what happened? What happened? We got to solve our problem. And so what it looks like, it looks like their cavalier, they, Chewie died. And then they're going to continue their quest, almost like ignoring that. Yeah, nothing happened. Yeah. It's like the Last Jedi. Nothing happened. Okay, so I could go on and on about all these things that you're. Like, wait, 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 hold on. I'm not even done yet. So they're done with the hacker planet. Then they go to the ocean moon of Endor, not to be confused with the forest moon. Then they go to the rebel base. Then they swung around to get space horses for their final assault. I'm not. They didn't even show that. I'm just assuming they went back and got space horses because there's no way they assumed from the beginning that they would need them. So they probably swung back to Endor at some point to pick up some space horses. And then they got to the Cis planet. All of that. All of those, all of those things that we've been talking about happened in less than 16 hours. And you know somehow in the last two, the last two maybe, however long it took to get to the Cis planet, Lando was able to convince the galaxy to rise up when the death of Luke Skywalker himself could not inspire anybody to come to the rebels' aid. How did this happen? Here's the, here's the thing I, I, I feel like would have addressed the time. Everything They didn't have to give a time limit. Yeah. That's the thing. Everything, everything you say is true. If they didn't paint themselves in a corner by saying that all this has to happen in 16 hours, I would have no issue with it. But no, they it, it, made a point of putting a 16-hour time limit on everything that happens in this movie. The other option, and there's movie screenwriting rules, the other option is if you introduce a time limit, reinforce it by updating us on what time we're at. <laughs> That's all you need to do. We we will we will swallow we will believe like show a ticking clock once yeah, in a while we will believe the storytelling contrivances you're gonna come up with on how quickly they can do things but tell us how long it took to do it right or tell us how much time is passing every time things happen and some of these things that you these events you described they may have been happening concurrent with each other to to allow for a 16 hour time limit right. or not but give us updates yeah maybe <laughs> and another thing that say I really- eight hours. Four hours, two hours, <laughs> twenty minutes. We gotta do this now. Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just. It's, it's the easiest. There are better ways to write this story, that part of the story, but mm-hmm. this is the easiest solution to the problem that you're talking about, which okay. is to put pencil in a line about time every once in a while. Okay. Here's something else that I take great issue with. You asked me earlier what I think about Ray being a Palpatine, right? You asked me what I thought about Ray being a Palpatine. And for me, I didn't like that it undid the whole idea that great yeah. power or heroes can come from anywhere. Yeah. Because it undoes that by making her a highborn, right? Yeah. But another thing that I really didn't like was that Luke says something that really just ticked me off. He says that Leia knew the entire time. Hmm. Now, if Leia quit her own personal training 
because she was scared that her offspring would turn to the dark side to the point that she gives up her lightsaber to Luke, which for some reason he takes with him on exile. If Leia was so scared of having a young one grow up to the dark side, why would she take it upon herself to train a freaking Palpatine? It's just a sound of my eyes silently agreeing. <sighs> I mean, seriously. I mean, they were just trying to make it, ooh, it's a twist that she's a Palpatine. Ooh, it's another twist that Leia knew the whole time. But it doesn't make sense. Look, In the same way that it doesn't make sense that how could Leia have been a Jedi the whole time? She doesn't have a lightsaber. Oh, she gave it to her brother. The things that you complain about, they tell me that there are story goals in this script the checklist that, I mentioned. That, 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 that I can accept, but they didn't properly review the script to see if there's any internal coherence. So personally, when I did not examine the story watching the movie, <laughs> I was just going like, you know what? I'm not happy with Ray not being like, for, I'm not happy with Ray having her parents be junk traders. Yeah. You know, dying of a pauper's they, grave. They sold you for yeah, drinking you, money. Yeah, sold you for drinking money. You know, I'm I I was not happy with that, but the moment they said she's a property, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'll allow it. I'll accept it because I don't want to spend the entire two hours of this movie being angry over one minor plot point. But then when the movie goes and runs its natural course and does the things you describe, I'm like, all right, now that's crap. Yeah, now you got to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Again, this is my stance for the movie. Things individually can accept. You did not build a coherent movie around the things you needed me to swallow and accept. Mm. Okay. I'm open-minded at all. So negotiable. Fine. Fine. Moonit. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got one last thing. One last absolute thing that really pisses me off. Every time that they come up with a giant doomsday weapon, there's one weak spot. There's one thing you got to take out, whether it's the shield generator, it's the, 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 the exhaust port in the reactor that goes straight to the reactor. You know, there's always one weak spot. I, it's a, become a trope at this point that there's just one thing you got to take out to knock down the big spaceship or the big space station or whatever. It happened in Star Wars. It happened in Independence Day. Just take out the one little thing that we forgot to guard against and you'll take everything down. In this movie, it just makes no sense. Even if I can get behind the idea that Palpatine could put together the largest fleet in history and fully staff it, okay? And the nerd in me knows that every Star Destroyer has something like 26, 27,000 people on board. Mm -hmm. Depending on the size of the Star Destroyer. Depending but yes. on the size of the Star Destroyer. But, but let's even, if you can, even if you can accept all of, the, all of that, why in the name of all that's good and clean are they unable to escape a planet's gravity without the help of an antenna on the ground? Explain that to me. And that antenna on the ground didn't even have to be on the ground, apparently, because you can transfer it to the command ship. And if the command ship can have a signal that can elevate everybody out of the atmosphere, why don't we just share that signal with everybody else? Oh, because we need a cool sequence to use space horses on riding on a spaceship. This My, my wife and I were talking about this. This movie, uh, if, if, we, if they couldn't do your two-movie idea, right. which is great, by the way, yeah, they should have delayed this movie. Yeah, just to at least so they and can here's work out the kinks. 
delayed they should delay this movie and spend because one thing that makes Force Awakens beautiful I think yeah is it's pretty obvious that they worked four years to make this movie oh yeah they, they went for, they, I have the making of books you know not that it gives me any <laughs> special insight nerd or anything like that but you know four years to a movie to to to, to work from George's ideas and their own ideas yeah. and all that stuff yeah. like it, the effort the time shows Force Awakens isn't the best written movie in the world. But there's a sense of care and consideration. You could tell that they loved what they were doing. You could tell that the people behind it were enjoying it and having the time. Well, I was going to say, you could also tell that someone actually reviewed the script. (laughs) You could tell, you know, that that, that somebody went over it with a fine tooth tooth comb. Right. No matter how elemental and simple the story is. And And that's what what this movie needed. It needed time to like to, you know. And the thing is, I was talking to my wife about this after the movie. Which is that this is this is basically now like an example of how movies are trapped without any not at all the movies in the world that are being released into theaters are big blockbuster tentpole event movies right uh, and everything is riding on them because that's the only way they can make money in the theaters yeah because romantic comedies don't bring people anymore to the cinema right. At least not in the way that will deliver big big bucks. Well, because nobody wants to take a risk these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wants to take a risk. So when you do that, when all these movies are those, they cannot afford to move. They cannot afford to be rearranged. Like, basically, Rise of the Skywalker was trapped to be released this year. And no amount of, hey, we need to fix the script. Hey, we need to, like, think about right. what, yeah. Would have given, they would not have had the privilege or the luxury of those story repairs. Okay, you know. Because there, there was no chance they were gonna go like, yeah, let's. let's because they have it. a release date set in stone. Yeah, and, there, and, and, and 20 years ago, you'd be like, oh, you know what? We're not feeling good about our. Wait, but. We're not feeling good about our $200 million movie. Let's just replace it with a star vessel. You know what? I don't know about that. I highly, as much as I want to agree with you that it would be a headache and a half. To reschedule thousands, hundreds of thousands of theaters around the world and tell them they got to show something else for Christmas other than Star Wars, I think that the world's largest, most profitable studio could have pulled it off. Because it's not the it first is. time. It's it not is. the first time. Yeah. Even Warner Brothers, they moved Wonder Woman like like a year because they wanted to get it right. The director wanted to get it yeah, right. But I think, and for- if you can move a tenth pole. Uh, further along to get it right, I don't think the fans would have complained as much. Well, for all of Warner Brothers' faults in handling the DCEU or any other movies that they have, they have historically, and again, there's a conversation about film studios now. Go for it. They have, they have show, demonstrated a willingness to move dates around. And I guess, I guess that's it's just in Disney's corporate character to not want to do that kind of thing. Even Fox will do it. Fox I think will the, be only, like, the only people who would have complained for a, a 12-month delay would have been the shareholders. Yeah. Basically. But it also shows how much power and how much how much uh, inflexibility the company has under shareholders. And this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Oh, would it be, I mean, I don't want to contribute to the cultural degradation of cinema as much as I enjoy and... $200 million blockbuster movies. But at this point, Disney needs to be in a position where they're like, oh shit, this Star Wars movie isn't working. Put a Marvel movie in its place. What I think they, they should, should have, have that power to do. They should have, they should have another thing ready to put onto its place. You know, like no, no. What I think happened was I think they were just so confident in JJ that they didn't feel the need to do the emergency surgery that they did to Solo and to Rogue One. That is true, though. I mean, 
Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams are like toit, you know. Yeah. And so I guess actually, man, I would I would love to talk about this in a future episode. I do think that to some degree the Disney Corporation is rife with nep- nepotism <laughs> on the filmmaking level. A, a lot of it yields great results, but the nepotism is still there. Anyway. Okay. Last thing. Things that the movie did not address. Knights of Ren. These are yeah, supposed man, to be. Kind of, those, guys, those, guys, those guys were a waste. You know, because honestly, every time they showed up, they were still cool. Yeah, but, but also, what but also, were they? But also, they were empty. Like Exactly. Like, like, I, I love the idea that, you know, Ben goes like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for the light. And then the, the Knights of the Ren come over. Right. You know, and I'm like, oh, shit. Old crap! Right? It's his old posse. Yeah, they're gonna beat up their old boss, but <laughs> because we know nothing about them, it, it doesn't no emo- matter. Yeah, no emotional significance. He could have been surrounded by stormtroopers; it would have the same significance. Exactly, and it's a shame because I'm like, I'm, I am, I am excited to be excited for this. I wanted to know who they were. Yeah, honestly, I don't need a backstory necessarily. Or I don't need a a whole chapter about them. Nope. Just, just give me something to care. Maybe you. Give one of those knights a face and tell and make him say, "Hey, Kylo, you used to be cool, or, but yeah. now you have turned <laughs> your back, and now I have to show you who's boss, and now I'm the guy in charge." See, here's the thing that this that, is the, that and it, he would be a foil to Kylo. That would be interesting because it would give him something to play off of. Yeah, and Adam Driver, he. I cannot fault his performance in this yeah, movie. You know, to be magic. fair, he's, he's he's incredible. He is he is um, incredible. That that scene that we're, I, I hate to talk over you again about no, this, I just do it. It's just that it's just it's just when you bring up Adam Driver's acting, I'm, yeah. I am enwrapped because like when 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 he's about to disappear, yeah, and you see his eyes, his eyes take in all of Daisy Ridley up and down, like he's he's really talking to her and listening to her. Like to me, I was like, give that man a freaking Screen Actors Guild Award or something, because <laughs> he is acting the holy crap out of this material. No, he was acting way, way above what yeah. I think this screenplay deserved. Daisy Ridley's great. She's but great Adam, too. She's but also Adam great in this Driver's movie. like taking it to a whole new level. <laughs> in fact, if they just made the movie about these two people, which it probably should have been, it probably would it would have been much better, if you ask me, honestly. Yeah, t- excise those two characters, Poe and Finn, and give them their own spin-off. It's mm-hmm. not the, it's not the most ideal solution. Probably but not, but 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 hey, you the worst thing you get is one great movie with these two characters and another okay movie with these other two great characters. It's a win-win situation. <sighs> but oh my god! Seriously, um, what do you think about them kissing? Not Finn and Poe. I am behind the Raylo ship. Mm. I support it. I love it. There's all that, <laughs> but, all that, all that. Okay, look when they're when they're when they're, do, when they're doing the Force FaceTime and Last that is Jedi, awesome. That's awesome. They're basically. Hey girl, what's up? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> they are, they are, they are, they are this close to sexting, right? So I am behind the Raylo ship. Okay, yeah. But in this movie, they didn't not, build it up. Not earned. It's the same not. argument that we've been making. It's a cool idea, but they did nothing to build it up. They, they could have. Earned, I, th- I think they had to. I, out of all the mistakes they made, I feel like they showed that they could have been able to earn it because those scenes were. They're doing the the battles on the on the ancient Death Star and in the throat in in the in Kylo's chamber 
where they're like in separate places. Right. That like, was awesome. That like they have shown palpable sexual tension all over the movie. They yes. just didn't. You just gotta take that and start working with it, which they did not. But the thing is, yeah, exactly right. In the end of the at the end of the last movie, which again they like to pretend doesn't exist. Um, she metaphorically, literally, figuratively, whatever you want to say, she shuts the door on him. Yeah. But in this movie, it's business as usual. Yeah. They're still talking. It's not like, oi, I told you to back off. What the hell? No, they're just talking. Like yeah. they, like they, like they, they're just carrying on as normal. You know what? Okay. Again, another tangent. J.J. Abrams does not know how to do romances. No, no. He doesn't know how to do endings either. That is a widely talked about point, (laughs) which is absolutely and 100% correct. But I believe, and I have whole Facebook conversations here and Telegram conversations about this. He is disinterested in the idea of doing romance. Then why include it at all? Exactly. Meaning, he would rather have characters be in a romance, but not actually develop them. So, for example, in Mission Impossible 3... The, the relationship with Tom with, with Ethan Hunt and his wife only exists as a MacGuffin plot. Right. Just when, little... In Star Trek, right. Spock is interested in Uhura and vice versa. Yep. And then in the next movie that he directs in the Star Trek franchise, they're together. Yep. They're like, he does not, it's not that he's, a, it's not that Maybe he's, he just doesn't know how to write that stuff. Go to school. Go to writing school. <laughs> You know the thing, and, is, I, and I'm a little, jo- I'm a little half joking about this because I actually think J.J. Abrams does do some good writing. He does. So look at that like, gaping hole of not doing romances at all, and fix it. Okay. Uh, the thing about J.J. He's he loves ama- to skip. He's amazing at coming up with concepts. He's fantastic at starting things. The pilot to Lost is still one of the best pilots you'll ever see also in your his life. his sense of him and his people's sense of casting yep. is amazing. Yep. Every time he casts a project... It's brilliant. Pro- I love his Star Trek reboot cast. What? I was about to say fuck. Well, that's <laughs> all then, you've been saying. Yeah, that's say, all you've been saying this whole episode. I, I, I love it. I love the Star Trek cast. So much. But again, he's fantastic at beginnings, at starting things. So the beginning of Lost, that first Star Trek reboot movie, love it to bits. But then you have everything that happened in Lost after season three. But then you have Star Trek Into Darkness. How did Fringe do? <laughs> oh, like, that's actually pretty good. But he wasn't so hands-on like in the later years, uh, okay, actually. Okay. That's see. why they were able to take it in completely different directions. I see. That uh, is a great show. We'll talk about it at a different point. Great, great, But great. the thing about JJ is he's great at coming up with concepts, with ideas, with beginnings. That's why when he said that he was going to do only the first movie of this new trilogy, people said, yeah, that makes sense. Get it off on a good start and then hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. And then they gave it to the guy who did Looper. And then what happened? Well, I guess we're never going to know, actually. We're never going to know where they were heading with anything that happened in The Last Jedi. Maybe he should have watched his old, like, Felicity <laughs> DVDs to get some Felicity help from himself. <laughs> is an- no, that's another example of a show that had a great start. It had a fantastic start. And then he took away the thing that everybody loved about her in the first place, which was her hair at the end of the first season. And nobody cared yeah. after that. <laughs> I told you he's great at beginnings, but at continuations, at endings, 
horrible. There's and also, he, and also, he will be the first one to admit that. There's also time travel at the end of Sid. Oh Sid. shit, there is. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. We should talk about 90s shows at some point. Oh, oh man, that's a great idea. <laughs> Holy okay. crap. You know yeah, I mean? we, we should do that. We should do that. Write that write that down. Okay. <laughs> Wait, wrap this up. Okay. Um, Rise of Skywalker, final thoughts. Oh god. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Oh, that's heavy. <sighs> For me, it was it's a missed opportunity, honestly. Yeah, you know what? That's that's I think the most it is a civil way of putting it without understating its failure. The thing about the original Star Wars, um, whether you're talking about the original trilogy or even to some degree, I'm sure for succeeding generations, the prequels, is that it was something it was something un- completely unlike anything that we'd ever seen. It was something that took all our favorite parts of the best fairy tales and it repackaged repackaged them into something shiny and new that that um cre- to let that just took us places we'd never been, showed us things we'd never seen, even if it was things that we all knew um inherently from 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 popular culture, from literature and all those things. But it it found a way to be refreshing and different. And that's why for all their faults, the prequels, they're still adhering to that same philosophy of trying to tell some kind of ancient um, story, um, just dressing it up with robots and lasers. And in the years that have passed since, because there's so many new franchises, because everything is built on special effects now. Maybe it's because everything now is influenced to one degree or another by the original Star Wars. Um, maybe it was too much to hope that this that this new trilogy was going to show us something new. But for a time, for a time, I actually thought they were going to pull it off. And that's why, for me, it is ultimately disappointing that this last movie decides to go off on a kind of greatest hits tangent rather than say anything different or do anything new. The way I see it is, this movie showed us, for now, you know, who knows what the future will hold. It shows us the limits of J.J. Abrams' storytelling ability. You know, keeping in mind, of course, like the specific timetable that he had to produce the movie. Like he can only do so much, you know what I mean? And, that, and and I'm not saying that to to excuse him. I'm saying it because it's disappointing. He's, you know, it's like your it's like your your child or their son disappointing you or whatever, or your family disappointing you. That's what it felt like to watch this movie, which is to see to see a movie that you had so much not hope for necessarily. Like I don't want to overhype the movie. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it was just like look. I don't need you to beat Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I just need you to, or or any of my favorite films, even right. You know, or your favorite film, right? Uh, I just needed to, to you know, to 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 succeed and to 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 on on the terms that it sets for itself and to be good. And it couldn't even do that. And it's like, wow. I guess I guess I cannot ex- I cannot expect JJ to surprise me. And second of all, I guess I make peace with that. By saying, 
at least it's not as bad as the prequels. You know, like, I'm not even saying that as a joke necessarily. I know we love to laugh about how bad the prequels are. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's that's the sad and sorry state of this movie, which is that it's only it's only excusable because it's not as bad as those movies, but it still remains the worst of the others. And that's actually what breaks my heart at the end of the day. Yeah. At, once upon a time, Star Wars movies were an event. They were something to look forward to. And now with everything that's happened, it's just another franchise. And I think that's the most heartbreaking thing of all. I'm not going to go to the extent of some people and say that it killed my childhood. My childhood is still there. Mm-hmm. I can go back and watch the Blu-rays whenever I feel like it. I can, I can, I can always go back to the old films. But moving forward, it's just sad that it's just not as special as it used to be. Yeah, you know, I told my, I told my friends before we watched Rise of the Skywalker. I said, because uh, I said, you know what? If Rise of the Skywalker like rules, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna say, "Hey guys, let's break out the dice and the pencil and the paper, and let's create more Star Wars stories." Yeah. <laughs> and then and I said, "And if Rise of the Skywalker sucks, let's go home, break out some dice and some paper, and make more Star Wars stories." <laughs> and so that's where I am now. I'm just gonna play the RPG, the pen and paper RPG. <laughs> yeah. While waiting for the next Star Wars. On my um on my end, it's um you know the how the Marvel Cinematic Universe has ups and downs. Right? Yeah. Okay. And but they're uh, average in my opinion. They're average pretty good. But yeah. the thing is, if I enjoy the film, if I have a good time, first thing I do when I get out of that cinema is I'm gonna go ahead straight to the toy store. <laughs> After this movie, oh. all I wanted to do. I just wanted to go and buy Mandalorian toys. Well, um, thank you. And on that dark note, (laughs) on that dark note, that was our episode on Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Thank you. And this has been your massive spoiler cast. Thank you for listening. Um, this is our biggest episode ever. We hope you're still with us. And if you are, um, we can promise you there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming up in the year. Um, this is our last recording for 2019. And this is our first episode for 2020. So um, we have a lot of stuff lined up. And we hope that you guys are still around to hear it. This has been Three Point Landing. Godspeed. Three Point Landing is recorded at Big Baby Studios. Follow us on Facebook at Three Point Landing PH.